podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to the fourth episode of Big Decisions for Anfield Index. Tonight, I'm your normal host and orator, Dave Davis, coming to you from a freaking cold Edinburgh, I'm not going to lie, it is absolutely Baltic here. To be fair, there's no rain, there's a little bit of wind, but it is absolutely penguin-style weather, no two ways about it. Hopefully, a bit cheery and warmer. If it's not, well, at least it'll hopefully warm the cockle, so to speak, as we talk through the big decisions, ladies and gents, that Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool have got coming up in the near future. Short and long-term implications, there's no two ways about it at the same time, but that's what we're here to chat about. So we'll be talking... Can't avoid it, can we? The transfer window, the implications of that short, long-term, all those types of things. We'll be talking Darwin Nunes. We'll be talking Ryan Granberg. And we'll be talking youngsters at the same time as well. So, plenty, plenty to discuss in this regard. So, big decisions-wise, it had just about started. It was about to start on the last one. And now we're right into the midst of it. The transfer window. I mean, let's be honest, ladies and gents, there's not a million things happening as people maybe hoped or expected, however you want to put it. At the same time, things like FFP, that's affecting a lot of people, isn't it? What they can and can't do, maybe more importantly. But we're here to talk about Liverpool more than anything. Now, when we talk about the transfer window, and we'll treat loans separately because we are talking about transfers, first of all. The big decision that Jurgen Klopp, unless they're going to hoodwink us all, and I don't get that feel really this time, is that they are going to keep their powder dry, that Liverpool are not going to make any signings in this window, any permanent signings at all. Probably no temporary signings either. I wouldn't even really believe that's on the the docket at the moment. Now, there's a number of reasons for that. Liverpool... Jurgen Klopp have a lot of faith in the players. Jurgen Klopp has said before he likes to work with a small squad. Pep Linders referenced the other day in his press conference, didn't he, that Liverpool spent a lot of money in the summer. He said that a couple of times. He repeated it. Now, the money there, I want to be careful how I phrase this. It's more than Liverpool usually spend in the transfer window or the windows individually, however you want to put it. No two ways about that. We spent more in the summer than we nearly did. But if you remember, you want to go back, we were told about £200 million war chest and all the rumours, blah, blah, blah. I'm rehashing old stuff. Liverpool did spend more than they normally spend. That's what he's alluding to. 
it's not as much as other teams by you know by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm not going to pretend that for for one second at all. But that is obviously a part of Liverpool's decision. I save the money for the summer, and there should be money there because obviously we'll talk about. Caicedo or what didn't go on, didn't go through, but how much was put down before anyone starts like a an Illuminate pish about it was fake. You know, let's just be clear on this. The Gravenberg money put a dent in that. The Endo money put a dent in that. But there should still be money there. Should be. Probably a discussion for another day and Mo Chatter and all that. So, yeah, there would be expectations. But the, the smart money now says nothing's going to happen. There'll also be the hope, and it is the hope along the lines of, but look at previous transfers, look at where we've moved late, look at how it's happened out of nothing. Always possible, not denying that for one second. But let's look seriously at the last few moves in January. Gakpo. That was at a time last season, Liverpool were desperate. Virgil van Dijk, who obviously knew what was going on, said to you know a lot of the papers in his interviews, like, we need to bring players in, we're struggling big time. Yeah, it's not the same scenario anymore by any means. Let you know, wherever you think about the limits, let's not even pretend we're in the same scenario where we were a million miles off the top, you know, struggling, all that type of thing. We are top of the league. That's a fact. So it's not the same scenario. That's a fact. Luis Diaz, you could look to that one as well, and I totally understand that. However, a little bit of us. Well, there's two factors to that, isn't it, rather than a little bit. Number one, when you Tottenham a move, that forced the hand, no doubts about it. And we used the situation well, as in we knew Porto's financial difficulties. Yeah, we used the Grudic, good, Grudic goodwill, however it's pronounced, serious things. We paid off a bit of their debt with that money as well. So it was a smart manoeuvre in that regard all round to get Luis Diaz. There's nothing that suggests at the moment, unless there's something we don't know, there's always hope, I get that, that we know there's some sort of scenario where we could work that angle at the same time. So the Gakpo and Diaz are very different scenarios, but we're not seeing that leverage, for want of a, a better phrase there, at all. Everyone's talking about how they're happy. Everyone's talking about how's Liverpool 2.0. And listen, I've been clear on pods and said, I would like us to get Matic's replacement now, bed him in. We are wafer thin at the moment. We are wafer thin. And I know Robbo, Simicas are coming back at, by the end of the month and other than that, that type of thing. But there is a gap as well. I get that. But we are wafer thin and we're gambling a little bit. And that, what I say, is the key, or I would believe, is the key thing about this window. We are gambling. And only time will tell what that gamble means for not going after a defender, not going after one who can play like left-back, centre-back, whatever you want, and number six, all those things that you might have on your shopping list. That's the gamble. And it's understandable to a point of view. Both things, I, I would get Matt's replacement, but I can understand why Jurgen Klopp's doing this. Jurgen Klopp clearly turned around and said, look how good Jarrell Quanta's doing it. And that's true. He's been brilliant. He could turn around and go, look, I'll give an opportunity to Connor Bradley. Look how he's taking it. And that kid has been sensational against Arsenal when he came on. And again, man of the match. Let's be clear, in a Carabao Cup semi against Fulham, a Carabao Cup semi, it's not a nothing game with other senior players on the pitch. He was man of the match. So Jurgen Klopp, and that's an important thing to say about not blocking the youngsters that way. 
that's part of the the gamble, as I'm calling it. But I understand that. So that seems the big decision that's been made, essentially, doesn't it, people? Liverpool are not going to make any moves permanently coming into Anfield. Again, not making moves temporarily in, but everything's getting sorted loan-wise, isn't it? Luke Chambers now to Wigan. Carvalho's gone to Hull to join his pal Tyler Morton. Hopefully he's as successful. That would be good for us in terms of the investment. Calvin Ramsey talking about coming back. There's still later decisions to be made on that. Reese Williams, you expect to, to get a move as well. So even others like Frauendorf, don't be surprised if further loans happen. So those are the, the big decisions that Liverpool have got to make. A couple of things I did see on this saying, oh, our loans are a disaster. It's not working out. And that's why we're calling them back. We've got a whole problem with the system. Utter nonsense. A couple of things to say. No club has every loan work out. That's just a fact. That's, you know, that's the truth. You look through every club's, even the best, well, best run ones don't have every loan work out. So keep that in mind. Second thing to keep in mind, Liverpool don't expect all of them to work because guess what? Not all Liverpool players or Liverpool players that go out on loan come back and are successful and join the first team squad. That's a fact as well. The standard at Anfield is so high and that's a brilliant thing. And there's a lot of players that will likely leave Liverpool in the future who probably won't make it there. That doesn't make them bad players. It's not all good and bad. It's just because the standard is that higher Anfield. A lot of them will probably have great careers. If, for instance, look at Tyler Morton there at, at Hull. That I would deem a successful low. Does that mean he will come back and break into the Liverpool first team? Of course, a successful, a championship player of the month award. You know, England and 21, scoring a few goals there. Being really noticed, look where Hull are, just outside of the playoff spots. It's been a successful loan. Does that mean he'll come into Liverpool first team? Absolutely not. There's no guarantee of that whatsoever. But also look at the other loans that happen that have been successes. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Jarrell Kwanzaa, Bristol City, those minutes, how valuable have those proven in his development? Harvey Elliott even going back, the Blackburn, the season he had, that serves him well. It's that introductory say to to men's football, playing week in, week out. And whilst he's not doing that, Liverpool, it's another step along the line that way. So they're successful. And they think of the other night, Conor Bradley absolutely tore it up at Bolton, didn't he? With goals and assists. You know, almost a right wing back in the formation they played. Look at where he took them to. Look at, you know, the, the awards that he won there monthly in that division. Obviously, they're, they're player of the year as well. So that's a successful springboard. And yes, for every one of those, by the way, 
There'll be something like Calvin Ramsey that doesn't work out. That's always going to happen. Van der Berg, another example. Probably if you'd say in a way, mine's been a successful loan so far. Done well. Big fans of him there. Does that mean he'll ever make it in the Liverpool first team? Uh, you'd probably bet money no. Does it make him a bad player? He's have a successful career within football. But just when we talk about loans and all this negativity around it, they're not all going to work out. It's not about them all working out. It's about what can springboard further. So there's been successes that way. I would just say that, yes, yeah, some haven't worked out. I get that. But just the, the way you judge it overall should be within that factor because the standard is so high at Anfield. Additionally, I also see it as a strength to know when you've made a mistake and try and rectify it. We see clubs don't when they invest in a player, it doesn't work out, they just keep going and going with them. We're like, it's never going to make it. Liverpool are recognising early in January, the quickest they can, that alone for whatever reasons that work out. Even if it needs to be a, a step down with Carvalho almost, like two steps back to go one forward, however you wish to describe it. And yeah, I flipped the analogy there, but that's almost how I see it. That's smart business still as well. You won't always get it right. It's what you do when you don't. So that's how I see it. Yeah, the loans don't all need to be successes. It's about if just one or two springboard. If you just get one or two Bradleys, Quanses every other season, think how much money Jarrell Quanser would fetch on the open market now. Think how much probably Connor Bradley are probably going to be worth at the end of the season. It's the springboard in it. Doesn't mean all the loans are good, but I just encourage people to think about it in those terms. So that's enough for transfers, permanent, temporary, but yeah, those are the, the big decisions that are being made. The other big decision that this week, and you, you can pick your camp on this, you really can. The Nunes conundrum. I just think you should just, I've never seen a player judged like Darwin Nunes by our fans nationally, everything like that in terms of Almost everything he does seems to be under the spotlight to such scrutiny. Now, genuinely, someone will tell me I'm wrong, but I can't remember a player being analysed in this way. Here's the key thing about Darwin Nunes. He has his defenders and, and for finishing. I think it's, let's concentrate on finishing first of all. I believe he's not clinical by any means. I think we all, most people would agree on that. There is a sense, as Jur and Jurgen Klopp said this the other night, he's a lucky he couldn't do any more. I believe 90% of that is true. He has been very unlucky on occasions. No two ways about it. The, the Newcastle one, even the other night, Leno, I think sometimes it's more it just it hits the keeper rather than the keeper saves it per se. I know what the stats would say, but just unlucky. Yeah, the keeper hits him rather than the keeper does a deliberate save or knows about it that way. And Sam Maguire has done some great work. I know we'll all subscribe, read his articles, that type of thing. As mentioned about don't be looking in terms of just XG. Look at PSXG, yeah, and the quality of the shots. The, you know, for it's more of an unlucky element. And I, I get that to an extent. But 10% to me it is sloppy for me still. I'd dress that up how you want. You'd adapt it that way. He could do better at times. I think if you play, I couldn't do better. And yeah, great, great finishes still miss chances. I know that that old adage exists and getting into the next position we could play platitudes all day but it's how you want to view Darwin Nunes that is the big conundrum I think for a lot of people at the moment because 
even I struggle to get my head around it, how you almost will tread on the ball literally one minute like a Sunday league player and then just beat people, burn down the line, have a great touch. Like or you, Literally everything he does is either unbelievable or unbelievable. That is just the Nunes conundrum in its entirety. So for me, the, the way I'd view it is, look at what he brings overall. I know people want him to be the, the big goal scorer and that could still happen. I'm not ruling that out at all. I'm not saying that won't or will. Look at the assists though. 10 assists. That's more than Trent. That's more than Mo Salah. That's unbelievable. Look at the impact he has when he comes on. Two assists in a short period. He changes that game. Liverpool are just starting to almost look a little bit devoid of ideas. You're just creeping into that nervous phase. I know people will say, oh, the subs changed the game. We've got history Jurgen Klopp. I agree with that. But, and to give his due, Cody Gakpo finishes very well. And he's just getting a few goals recently, just quietly going about his business, which we've got to love as well. But talking about Darwin Nunes, he makes those things happen. So it depends the conundrum, how you want to look at him. So how I look at him, yes, he does miss chances. I'm along for the ride now. I'm fully in. I'm fully in on a player who makes things happen. I'm fully in on a player who presses like a motherfucker. Unreal. Absolute. From minute to one to the end when he's on the pitch. As Jurgen Klopp said, he probably would have started, but he got cramps. He works his knackers off. You cannot debate that. He gives it his all. You can see that. He's he's a bit of a character, shall we say? I kind of love that about him too. Characters make more interesting, you know, heroes, don't they? Sinners make the best saint, so to speak. But he creates chances and 18 goal contributions. He's cracking. Put it this way, if Manny was still here and he had those numbers, and probably part of it, I'd like to see Darwin more from the left. I really would. I think there's a position there to be to be had. He can really carve and make his own a lot. That is what I would like to see. I know we rotate the forwards and, and nothing's locked in. I get that. But for me, starting left-hand side, it would be Darwin right now. So that is the Nunes conundrum, which scientists will probably try and solve in the future or explain to younger analysts at MIT or whatever. But yeah, that is honestly how I see it for that big decision. How do you want to view Darwin? With love. And mainly because it sort of winds up paper as well. So I just love that in the mix. But that's how I picture it. And then the other part of the big decisions this week are a couple of things. The Gravenberg assessment. I see people going in hard on Gravenberg. Now, a couple of things. He is not playing well at the moment particularly. I think that's fair to say. It's been a while. But you have to take a lot of things into account. He's not had that plot pre-season. It's big. I do believe that genuinely. He's not had it. He's come in late. He's had the uncertainty. We've seen flashes of good. We've seen flashes of really good. And we've seen flashes of bad in simplistic terms. Alexa, explain a 21-year-old midfielder to me from another country who's just come in. And that's what you get, isn't it? Okay. Also, is that bit of have we learned nothing 
does this doesn't mean it's going to be the best ever successful we would jump on that but have we learned nothing from the endo situation think about that people have written him off essentially said all sorts like this that and the other to come december and january gutted he's leaving look how well he's played in these big games against arsenal united carabao's or you know new year's day against Newcastle, all this and think what they said about endo before that okay Yeah, it's it's just something to think about that you would like Gravenberg to do certain things better. And yes, he's got to get to grips with the physicality, I'd say, of the league more than anything, what it requires to be a Liverpool midfielder. And yes, by the way, if Sir Bosley is fit, as it's suspected for Bournemouth, I want him going straight back in the team, naturally, in his place. But that doesn't mean it's just right enough panning. I think it just needs to be that sort of, judgment or not lack of judgment around Gravenberg right now. And also there's a lot of people out, isn't there? He's not playing in a full strength team, as it were. We are coping a bit now. Fortunately, Curtis Jones is unreal at the moment. But for this point, for the big decisions on Gravenberg assessment, I would say just keep that in context right now. And then the final big decision is you got to back Jürgen or give Jürgen his flowers a bit on a couple of things at this point. You really do. One is the subs. Now he's doing that because last season, his league almost got worse sometimes when he did it. This season, it seems to be the formula. Even when we don't play well, bring on the subs, change the game, win. Simple equilibrium, but good work for a Friday. Eh? But that is what we've genuinely seen from Jürgen. So you've got to give him his flowers this way. And also, you've got to give him his flowers on the way he's backed the kids. He backed Kwanzaa. Look how it's bare or bore through. He's back in now. He's back and fit. Bradley, that's going very well. And yes, you'll argue that thrust in needs to be, but he could have signed other players. He could have bought, you know, those types of things. He's backed the kids. And look what's happened. Yeah, they're rewarding him. He's backed. Even though I was a kid, but Curtis Jones, remember how a lot of, Fans wanted him sort of hounded out, moved on, all this type of thing. Let's not pretend Curtis has always been as loved as he is now, but he's backed him. He's worked, refined him, he's stuck with him. Look what it is now. So, yeah, that's the other big thing. I genuinely think that because of what's happening in the transfer window, our success this season will have a part, not all of it, too much, you know, we're not going to extreme, but have a part of it defined by the kids. Harvey will play a part. Kwanzaa will play a part. Bradley will now play a part in that definition of how our season goes. Okay. Klopp's made his big decision in backing those kids. Nothing to suggest we shouldn't do the same. Just to remember, doesn't mean I wouldn't want a player bought in. And Janet said that, but this team is something else at the moment, isn't it? just feels you feel the vibrancy you feel the energy feel the joy in that stadium again almost made last season a distant memory so to speak doesn't mean it's all perfect but your glasses however half you see it isn't it a little bit at the moment but from the big decisions in terms of incomings loans your judges the Nunes conundrum the Gravenberg assessment the faith in the youngsters all those things are up to you but it's been a big week, 
And those are the big decisions at Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.